uh, participate in some of the reflection and discussion kind of stuff we're going to do today. So we're going to kind of ask two questions. First one's going to be real, you know, just kind of reflect on your own experience. And then the next one's going to be a little more, uh, we're actually going to kind of ask God a question. We'll take some time to listen and see if God will speak to us, and then maybe kind of talk about that with some other people. And just sort of practice this, this practice of listening to God, listening to God's voice um, as a practice that we do in community, because I think that that's really important. And so today's, uh, today's sermon or teaching, or I don't know what we call this anymore, I mean, you know, we're kind of messing with the format uh, to the point that I'm not even sure it counts as a sermon, but um, uh, today we're, we're asking the question, is, is, prayer, is prayer performance or is it practice? And that might be a little bit of a loaded question. You might be able to kind of uh, guess where I'm going with that, but um, I just want to uh, start by praying, if that's all right with you. So I'm going to pray. Lord, uh, I just welcome your spirit. Welcome your spirit of peace. God, would you help us to relax? Would you help us to know that you're with us, that we are safe with you, that you see us and you know us and you love us? Even when we have nothing to give you in return, you care about us. And you welcome us to yourself. And you save us. And so, Lord, I just pray that the words that I speak, uh, that I would speak them with that sense of your presence. God, that you would speak somehow to me and through me. God, as we look to your word, uh, it's so easy for that to sometimes beat us up. But God, uh, we know that you just want to feed us. And so, Lord, would you feed us through your word this morning? Uh, and we ask that you would be present in your power, in your mercy, in your love. And we just ask for those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just take a, uh, let's just take a look real quick, if we can, at this passage of Scripture from Matthew 6. Again, we keep, we keep coming back to Sermon on the Mount stuff lately. It just seems to be uh, where we land a lot. And that's not so bad, because like, Sermon on the Mount is pretty, pretty central to who Jesus is and what he's all about. This is what he says about prayer in the middle of Matthew 6. He says this, this is, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues, you could, you could substitute churches, and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
Jesus warns us here against prayer as performance. And, you know, I think when we take these words of Jesus, you know, this is one of those times where you have to look at this scripture, you have to look at this saying of Jesus in the context of the rest of his ministry and his life, or you might get confused. Because I think one way we can misread this is we might come to this and say, well, we should never pray out loud, or we should never pray in front of other people, or we should never pray in church or, or around other people like this. You know, don't, don't go out and pray in public. Pray, pray in your closet. Go into your room, shut the door. Pray in private is sort of like one of the key messages that Jesus is saying. And while it's good to pray in private, uh, I think, and, and that's, that's a really good practice to have, and Jesus often did that, uh, I think we can see in the Gospels that Jesus also prayed in front of other people, and he also taught other people how to pray, and he prayed for others. He prayed in large crowds. He gave thanks in large crowds. Like, the, the rule isn't never pray in front of another person or never pray in public. That's not, the, that's not the point. And so if that's not the point of what Jesus is saying, then what is he saying? I do think he's saying it's good to have a private devotional life. It's good to pray on your own, by yourself, when no one else sees you. But I think really what he's after here is he's saying something about the heart. He's saying something about the motivation. He's saying something about why you pray and the mentality that you bring about it. And so if you're praying in order to be seen, if you're praying in order for other people to see you praying, if you're praying as a performance, then you're off course. You're, you're out of bounds. That's not going to go well. And prayer as performance leads to all kinds of frustration and problems. Prayer of performance, I think Jesus is saying, is bad. And he's saying it's bad for many reasons. You know, one of the reasons is that we get performance anxiety when it comes to prayer. I think that a lot of people don't want to pray in public because that's primarily their feeling. Like, even praying in front of other people is something that, like, oh, that just makes me so uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know, I think, I think kids experience this a lot, right? Like, it's sort of natural. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. This seems kind of holy and serious, and I'm, and I'm not sure that I want to say the wrong thing. I might offend somebody, or I might do something wrong. I might not do it right. And so we can, if we're, if we're viewing prayer as a performance, we're viewing it as an act in order to, you know, be seen by others, then we're going to bring that anxiety of public speaking into prayer. You know, I think, uh, 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 I think the number one fear, uh, like, it's actually higher than death. Like number two, people's you know number number two fear is death. Fear number one is looking stupid in front of other people, right? Uh, and that that number one fear. That's why that's why people hate you know their public speaking class. They don't want <laughs> they don't want to look foolish, right? And so if we're bringing that performance anxiety into prayer, well, it's going to be really easy for you know that anxiety is actually gonna going to confuse us and make us nervous. You know, have you ever noticed that when you're nervous, you do things more clumsily and poorly? Like, have you ever noticed, like, when you're all worked up, when you're all anxious, you're like, it's easier for you to trip, or it's easier for you to stick your foot in your mouth, or you kind of panic, and, like, panic kind of makes you stupid, and, like, you don't, <laughs> you don't do the things that you, <laughs> that you wish you had done because you're freaking out? Well, I mean, that's definitely going to happen with prayer, too. We bring anxiety to prayer, we're going, to be, we're going to be frustrated. If you could go back one more slide, just go back one. Uh, I'm not done with that previous slide yet. And so we're going we're gonna to make mistakes, and then when we, feel, when we make mistakes, we're going to feel guilty, and we're going to feel ashamed. 
And if we are always coming to an activity that makes us feel guilty and ashamed, guess what? We're not going to be very motivated to do that thing. Like, I don't want to do stuff that makes me feel like a loser. I mean, it's like, it's like one of the main reasons I think I've struggled with planning so much in my life is that, like, I try to do this. It's not something I'm very good at. It's like something I have to struggle with and grow at, but I just like, oh, I just feel so, I feel so incompetent. I feel like I just can't do this well, and so then I, and so then I avoid it, which only makes me worse at it, right? Like, it's a downward spiral, right? This shame, guilt spiral uh, is really, is really bad. And Jesus would spare us from that. Jesus is saying, let's not look at it that way. Let's go, let's go into your closet and let's ask God for what you need, like he's your dad, like he's somebody that cares about you, like he already knows what you need before you're asking. You don't have to strong arm him. You don't have to coerce him. You don't have to, you, don't have to, you know, kill animals or you know, hit yourself on the back or do some kind of like weird flagellation or some kind of pagan ritual. You don't have to say exactly the right incantation. You don't have to repeat yourself over and over. Like, you can just come to God like he loves you and he'll hear you. And you don't have to perform. You can just practice. You can just be with him and learn how to hear his voice. And so here's what I'd like us to do. I'm going to have a little piece of paper. Uh, hopefully you got a writing utensil with that. Uh, I want you to just take, take about one minute to write down some thoughts. Maybe ask God to show you. How have you experienced performance anxiety with prayer? Or, it, you know, if you have. You know, maybe you haven't. Maybe, you're, maybe your experience of Christian community is, like, so much healthier than mine. Like, you've never experienced performance anxiety with prayer. Maybe... Maybe that's not something you've, been, you, you've run into. You've never felt pressure to pray or to pray the right way or something like that. And like, if that's your story, great. Please give me that good news. Tell me that testimony. That's fantastic. But maybe if you have experienced it, if you have experienced feeling kind of like anxious about prayer, uh, maybe kind of just take a minute to write about that and think about that. And then we'll, uh, and then here in a second, we'll talk to each other about that. So I'm going to give us just a few minutes to write and then I'll invite us to share that with some people around us. So now I want to make sure that nobody feels like they have to like bear their soul and like tell everybody their deep dark secrets, right? That's that's not fun. That's not a <laughs> that's not a safe environment. But I would like to invite you if you would like to share to maybe stand up and get into a group with uh two other people and try to include at least one person who's not in your immediate family. So try to in- include at least one person that's not like in your family unit. And if you feel comfortable 
sharing, uh, just share some of the things that you wrote down. And, and here, what's really important about this is that we don't really judge each other's answers, that we're not here to tell each other, oh, that's wrong or that's not right or whatever. You can sympathize, you can listen, like, you know, you can ask more questions to, to make sure the, the person feels understood and he- heard, but we're really just trying to listen to each other and, and share each other's experiences. So we'll take two minutes and let's do that real quick. Well, hey, uh, let's go ahead and uh, I, I guess you, you don't really have to move. I'm going to ask you guys to have a conversation again, so it might be actually kind of good if you stay sort of in range. Um, but yeah, like I don't know, like in our group, several different people shared, you know, about like, you know, like if, a, if another person shares in a, or prays in a certain style, then, you know, comparing myself to that style can make me feel kind of anxious, right? Like if, if, they sound super spiritual or if they have a really spiritual vocabulary and I don't, I'm just not that eloquent, then I can feel like, oh, I'm not good at praying because I don't pray like that other person. But I think Jesus really doesn't care about your style of prayer. Like, I think he cares about your heart and are you trying to communicate with him? I think another thing that, that happens, you know, is that maybe one way this manifests, this was this is my story, is that uh, you know, I feel bad about how little I pray, right? Like, if prayer, I think of prayer as performance, like, am I getting the hours in? Am I getting the time in? Like, do, do I do this as a regular practice? Am I a disciplined person? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> really sporadic and, and distractible, and I'm not reliable. And like, or at least that's how I feel about myself, and I bring that anxiety to God in prayer. And so then I, then I have that negative self-image, and I'm, I, it, it's easy to feel stuck. And it's easy to not pray or to give up on prayer, to feel hopeless in prayer uh, because I, I, don't, I just don't feel good. Another thing that, you know, I think I've heard many people say is that, like, it's really important for there to feel like there's trust if you're going to be open and honest with other people. And if you're going to be open and honest with God in the presence of other people, then you got to trust those people. And, like, you just have to build that trust. Like, you have to have some time where you interact with another person in a way that makes you feel like this person is going to be kind to me, you know? Like, that small talk thing, that's actually pretty important for people to feel 
like they're not going to get judged, they're going to be accepted, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, like trust is super important in building a community that prays together. We have to be kind to each other. Uh, and if we're ever unkind to each other, then, well, that breaks trust. And so we have to be honest about that, confess our sins, forgive each other, all that good stuff. So awesome conversations, uh, at least a little bit that I heard. Uh, I want to kind of just take us verse by verse here and, and really kind of say, okay, all right, so if Jesus is saying prayer is not performance, prayer is practice, what are, how do we practice? What are we doing here? All right, and so I'm just going to kind of go a little bit verse by verse and just share a few things that I feel like God wants to highlight to us in these scriptures. So just reading the passage again, uh, Matthew 6, 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. I think Jesus' point here is that uh, prayer as performance, is its, that's it. That's its own reward or punishment. That's the case, maybe, right? Like, if you view prayer as a performance, then that's all you're going to get out of it. It's just, what did people like it or not? Or did you feel good about yourself or not? Like, that's, that's the only reward from prayer as performance. Uh, and I th- hope maybe we can all kind of agree that that's lame and we want to avoid that, even though we're all always going to deal with some pressure, and it's just human nature to slide into that. It's just the most natural thing to think of it in kind of self-focused terms. Uh, and like, how, how, does, how does my status go up or down through this experience of prayer? That's a very natural human way to think about things. But what Jesus is trying to call us to is prayer that's really focused on God and on relating to God. And, and relating to God who is who he actually is, not this, like, scary person we imagine that he is, all right? Uh, Prayer to the Father that Jesus revealed. Okay, so in the next verse, it says this. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you, right? And so here Jesus is saying, I actually didn't take very good notes, I need the next slide. Uh, The prayer is practice, right? Prayer is to be a discipline. Prayer is to be something that you work at. I want to just kind of talk a minute here about the difference between prayer as practice versus prayer as performance. You know, I don't, it's not called practice anxiety, right? Like, if if you think about prayer as like a soccer game, right? Like, when you play the soccer game, when you, when you compete in the, the soccer competition, that is known as a performance, right? And if we bring that performance mentality to prayer, we can win or we can lose. And it's competitive, and it's, uh, you know, our status will go up or will go down based on our performance, right? And that is kind of the unhealthy mindset that we want to avoid. We want to get away from that way of thinking, We want to get to a a way of thinking of prayer as practice, as sort of a discipline, as sort of a just, this is a thing that we're working on, this is a thing that we're doing, and we're trying to to get a little better, right? We're we're going to try some things, we're going to make some mistakes, and it's okay. And I've just noticed that having coached soccer, particularly soccer for like little kids, like 
I don't know how I'm qualified to coach soccer for little kids at all, by the way. I, th I don't think you really have to be qualified. I think you have to be willing to show up. I think that's the only qualification for being willing to coach little kids in soccer. But you coach little kids and like, they love practice, right? They love kicking the ball around. We do different drills. And they just, you know, they just kick the ball around. Nobody's winning. Nobody's losing. There's no pressure, right? And they can play. And honestly, practice, that's where you gain the skills. In practice, that's where you try some things. That's where you experiment. That's where you do something that, you know, you, maybe you saw somebody else do. And, oh, that, that looks like it could be fun. I could try that. I could copy that person. Or I could try this. Or I could do, you know, like, in practice, it's just a lot more loose. The pressure is off. And it's okay to experiment, to try things, to be curious, to learn something. And that's the way that we want to pray uh, as a church. And so, like, when we do things like prayer training, okay, uh, the, the point is that we're trying to help people find a way to, to practice that is kind to themselves and to other people, particularly when it comes to, like, doing prayer Jesus style, which is, like, heal people and drive demons out stuff, right? And so we want to practice this as a community, and we want to be people who are doing this regularly. It's through practice that we skill up and that we grow as people. But when we're doing practice, the pressure is off, right? And that's the place that I feel like God wants to invite us to as a church as we continue to just skill up and learn and get better at prayer, right? In the next few verses, it says this, when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. Some of you are like, and Josh, when you preach, do not keep, right? But for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Uh, and then in the next verse, it says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. All right, so now while prayer is actually a thing where we are getting in touch with God, it is powerful, okay? The, the primary reason that we pray is to relate with God. It's about a relationship. It's about talking to a close friend. It's about talking to your provider and your redeemer and your protector. It's about talking to someone who loves you, who cares about you, and who, who already knows what you need. You know, I think, I think if we think about that too much, we can kind of get to a stupid place with prayer because we think, oh, well, God, you know, God already knows everything, so why do I need to pray? Uh, you, you need to pray for you. You need to pray so that you can feel connected to God. You need to pray so that you can remember who God is and so that you can receive his love and his grace. We need to pray so that we can take time to express our frustration and our anger to him and so that he can comfort us. We need to pray so that when we're broken and we're confused and we're lost, that he can give us direction and guidance. We're, we need to pray so that when we're discouraged, he can encourage us. We need to pray so that, yeah, we can express things, but then God can express things to us. And it's in that relationship that the healing and all the good stuff happens. And while it's powerful, it's not magic. It's not like other kinds of prayer. Like other kinds of prayer, you know, you have to say the right words in the right way. You have to, you know, at the right time... It, it, you know, if you're trying to manipulate the supernatural realm, demons are really good at making us think that we have power through manipulating them, when actually it's exactly the opposite that's going on. And so every other spiritual practice 
that doesn't center on Jesus has some element of this kind of quid pro quo, tit for tat, like, you give me this, and I'll give, give you that. Like, there's, you can manipulate the supernatural realm, or you can manipulate the spirit through performance. But God isn't like that. God's a loving Father who already has everything that you need, and you don't have to try to manipulate God. You don't have to try to strong-arm Him through praying a whole lot, through... Uh, through, through saying his name 16 times in a sentence, through, uh, you know, through, through any kind of certain way of praying or any kind of length of prayer. Like, just talk to God like he cares about you. And that's good enough for him. He's happy that you're talking. He's happy that you're paying attention. And he's happy to give his attention to you. All right? All right, let's real quick blow through the Lord's Prayer. All right? Hey, if you know this, do you want to just say it along with me? Okay, and this then is how we should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or trespasses as we have forgiven our debtors or trespass those who trespassed against us, right? And then it all kind of falls apart. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That gets added on sometimes. Uh, and then we see this pattern of worship. Okay, so what Jesus is doing, he's not just giving you like a recitation. He's not just, it's not just like the Pledge of Allegiance. So maybe if you've memorized that, it could be really useful for you to memorize that. Okay, but there's a pattern here. And the pattern starts with adoration and worship. That Jesus, like if you, if you don't know what else to do, kind of stuck, not sure where to start with prayer. Hey, let's remember who God is, and let's, let's celebrate how good he is. God, you're holy. God, you're wonderful. God, you're majestic. You created everything, and you did a really good job. Lord, thank you for your love for me. God, thank you for, thank you for the beauty of creation. Kids upstairs are learning about the good world God made today and how God created everything. Like, look at this. It's beautiful, right? Have you ever looked around Especially this time of year, like the, the weather outside today, like nobody deserves to experience that kind of weather. It's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Praise God for it. Give God adoration and worship because he's worthy. He's the most worthy being of being celebrated that has ever existed. All right? Then we invite God's influence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth, in Springfield, in this church, in my body, in my mind, in my house, in my relationships, at my job, in my family. Right? You have your way, God. Be God in that place. You have your reign, your rule, your influence in that situation. We want you to be in charge because, God, when you're in charge, you're good and you're majestic, and you're, you're loving, and you're kind, and you're, all glory and power and honor and wisdom belong to you, God. And so when we invite you into the situation, Jesus, you change things. You make everything good. If you were in charge, this situation would be different. And we want you to be in charge. We want you to be in charge of us. We want you to be in charge of everything around us. And so, God, give us what we need, right? not asking for Lamborghinis. We're asking for <laughs> what we need, right? Asking for, for, your, for provision. God knows what you need. What you need is probably a lot less than what you want. 
But God knows what you need, and he'll give you what you need. And he'll take care of you, right? Ask him for bread. He's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you rocks if you're hungry, right? And then we're, we're told we need to forgive, that we need to recognize God's position as judge. And so if we're angry with other people, or we're angry at ourselves, or we're angry or hurt or sad or upset, uh, with other people, then we need to let God take care of that situation. We need to let God be the just judge. And then pray, you know, like, deliver us from temptation, you know, keep, keep us away from being tempted, help us be good, because that's not the inclination of our hearts, and deliver us from evil. Some translations say the evil one, right? We're talking about other spiritual forces, like dark spiritual forces, demons, you know, uh, be those the, the demons that animate the governments of the earth or like the demons that possess people and like break their lives and keep them in bondage, right? All of it. Uh, we want God to deliver us from those things and fight on our behalf in the spiritual realm to protect us and keep us safe from real spiritual threats uh, to our souls. And so that's, we say, deliver us from evil, right? Okay. And then this last bit, we're going to kind of pound on forgiveness again real quick. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty intense. And what it tells me is that when we're praying, something real is happening. You know, when we pray and ask God to forgive another person, or when we put God in the judgment seat of the person who hurt us, then we're getting free. We're getting healed. We're getting, we're getting away from that bitterness and that pain if we try to hold that person in judgment, if we try to seek our own revenge, if we try to be God and exercise power over someone who hurt us, uh, that's going to tear us up inside and we'll, we'll end up in hell. Like, uh, we'll, we'll be living it now and then probably experience it <laughs> more later when the kingdom comes in its fullness. But, but when we pray, when we forgive others, when we entrust other people to God, we're actually interacting with God. And so while we don't want to get into magic and we don't want to get into manipulation and all of that, like, something real is happening when we pray. We're actually interacting with God, and when we forgive others, then we receive healing and we get forgiven ourselves. Prayer is a supernatural exchange. There's something real that happens when we forgive each other. There's something real that happens when we pronounce healing over each other. There's something real that happens when we, uh, when we thank God and when we worship Him, and it forms our hearts and it changes us, okay? And so here's what I'd like to do real quick. I would like to read this passage again. I, have to, I think I forgot to put the slides up for this, so I'm going to have to pull it up on the old phone here. I'd like to read this passage again. I'm going to do just a quick Lectio Divina, uh, which is, just means divine reading. So I'm just going to ask God to speak to us through this scripture, and I'm going to ask you guys to listen for what is God highlighting to you in this scripture as a thing that you could do to sort of maybe practice a little more. Like, what's God inviting you to practice? And, I, and let, me, let me clarify. When God speaks to you and invites you into practice, it doesn't sound, it's not going to sound like, oh, you 
you bad person, you irresponsible child, you never pray, you never, like, if you feel, if you hear or experience a voice of condemnation, I want you to feel free to ignore that. That's just noise, okay? But what God sounds like when God speaks to you is it's going to feel welcoming. It's going to feel a little bit exciting. It's going to feel like, oh, I can't, I, I get to do that? Like, I, wow. I would love that. I would love more of that. I would love to experience that. When God speaks to you, it's going to be out of invitation. It's going to feel like joy. It's going to feel like hope. It's going to feel like peace. It's going to feel good. All right? Okay? And so, Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us through your word again. So maybe, maybe while we just kind of listen to the scripture again one, one more time, maybe you want to kind of just like, Close your eyes if you feel comfortable, and maybe hold your hands up like this, like maybe God's going to give you a present, like maybe God's going to drop something in your hand. All right. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they will be heard, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And so let's just take a moment to listen to God. I'm just going to take about one minute of silence. And ask God to just highlight to us what he's inviting us into. What are you inviting us into, Jesus? Write some things down just as the Spirit leads something, God shows you something, just maybe jot it down for yourself. What's the invitation? What's the Lord showing you? So um, I want you to just take, take as much time as you need. If, if God's, like, giving you stuff, like, write as long as you need. All right? But then when you're, uh, when you're about done with that, maybe um, either sitting, you know, with the person you're already with or maybe if you haven't talked to somebody yet, um, you know, maybe get up and just sort of ask, like, you know, hey, what did, what did you feel like God was saying to you? Do you feel comfortable sharing that with me? And if you feel comfortable sharing that, 
um, then please do. And let's just talk about that for a minute. And then we will pray for each other. Okay. So it's super cool to see people talking and sharing and just like reflecting on what the Lord is saying to each other and sharing that. You know, I find that it's really helpful for my practice of listening to God to hear what God's voice sounds like when he speaks to other people. And like, like hearing those stories and kind of sharing, that, that really helps me kind of clarify, oh yeah, you know, like God isn't like an angry dad. Uh, he's actually like a kind, loving father, not, <laughs> not something else, right? And so I really appreciate you guys sharing and, and uh, being so open and honest about all that. It really is wonderful. Um, so I would like to invite us to uh, practice once again. Uh, w- when, we, when we invite people to receive prayer, we really want people to be able to receive prayer uh, because they want it, right? Uh, and I've kind of given you guys discussion prompts, and that's... That's been good. Um, April's going to come up and lead us in uh, a song of worship here. I'm going to ask people to come forward if you want prayer today. And I want to explain why we're doing that. One, uh, you know, we we don't want to force prayer on people. Um, But two, the other thing is is that um, what we, the reason we train people to pray is that when we're training people to pray, we're trying to train people to not bring their own performance anxiety to the person that they're praying for. And so when we have, when we say we've done like prayer, so if you've been part of a prayer workshop or you've done prayer training or you've been deputized, that, that's the thing that we do. We say, and the thing that we, we really try to train people to do is to say, uh, you, don't, you don't ever blame someone for not being healed. Well, if you pray for something or you pray for someone and they don't, they don't get healed, then we don't blame that person because the kingdom of God is both right now and not yet. We're very, away, very aware of all the ways in which it seems like God is distant, but the good news is that God is also present. He's here and not here, right? The kingdom is now and not yet. His, his reign, his rule, and his influence are in some ways very tangible, very real, and when we experience healing, uh, we experience forgiveness, we experience like a word of knowledge that sort of reorients our thinking or we experience like 
you know, getting healed emotionally from shame or, or guilt or something like that, then the, the kingdom of God seems very real. It's very tangible. Other times it's not. We don't totally understand why, but we know that God is pouring out his spirit and that as, as more and more as we get closer to the day when Jesus returns, uh, then, then the whole thing will come, right? The, the whole kingdom will come and there won't be any question about is he here. And so we want to practice experiencing that kingdom. That's what we do when we do prayer ministry here at the end. So we ask people who want prayer to step forward, kind of step up into this space. Uh, and then, you know, I would encourage you, especially if you, if you were just talking to that person, um, maybe, maybe it would be okay for you to respond in, in praying for that person, especially if you've been trained to pray. Uh, I want to just, I'm going to just say, hey, how about this? How about if we pray for each other today, since we're talking about performance, anxiety, and all that, if you haven't been through prayer training, but you know that it's not your responsibility to heal the other person, but you're willing to give it a shot, then you have permission to pray for the other person today. Okay? So you have, I'm going to just give everybody permission to pray. So the one thing you can't say is it's your fault that you didn't get healed. If you, if you don't say that, then, then you did it right. Okay? <laughs> then you're okay. All right? But let's, let's, let's make room for God. And I know that the Lord has probably already stirred some things up. We're already kind of talking about, oh, man, it would be really great if I could practice this way. Or maybe I feel like God might be inviting me into this. Let's pray about those things as we worship together during this last song. So would you go ahead and stand?